Hey, this is Baird. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Wash Snobs. You have made it all the way to episode 209. Baird, how are you doing? Baird, thank you for stepping in. Baird, <laughs> TB Davis contributor extraordinaire, to talk with me. How are you? How how are you? I'm I'm doing well. Um, funny enough, I, I um. I always know we were just talking about this, but I always noticed that you, you said Mike does all the editing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I need a theme song. <laughs> there's never a oh, yeah. theme song when I'm on. Well, there's never like, a theme uh, song. There's never a theme song when Michael's not here because Michael's the one that puts our intro music into Michael the tracks. Gets the theme song. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like uh, you know, "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees or. We you could know, just stay in the live. We could do the Bob Newhart intro. We could. Um, <laughs> we got. We got a few options, man. You know, this is going to be a lot of fun, actually. Um, super honored to have Baird here because the topic for today's show is something that you are more familiar with than I think most folk in the general kind of watch fam community would be. Episode 209 of the Two Book Watch Nows podcast. We're going to be talking about watch servicing expectations, like the realistic re- the, 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 the situations around servicing a watch. Um, and this is especially really, really cool because Baird uh, is our resident TBWS watch tech, essentially. I mean, he's in the Patreon Slack with everyone else. And he's always posting – you and Jason are always posting really cool shots of like, um, like mainsprings and like things like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but it looks pretty – it looks pretty yeah. cool, man. You know what I mean? Jason has a lot more balls than I do. He'll actually take apart expensive watches that he buys on eBay. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he bought that King Seiko and took it apart immediately. <laughs> is that what that is? That's and so... I, you know, he I'm, I'm like online going, oh, this watch is $10 and looks like it's been run through a, you know, a, a, a demolition derby. <laughs> Great. It was one of the it was one of the relics that Richard Dreyfus pulled out of the shark and Jaws when they had that one strung up on the deck. They pulled out the license plate and like a a bowling a ball. I have no idea. And then like a Vostok and like, oh, that's the one I want. That's 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 it. That's the one I want. <laughs> that's so cool. I didn't realize Jason was uh, was uh, opening up a King Seiko. That's really cool. That's oh, really yeah. really cool. Yeah, he actually just. Uh... He had to find a mainspring for it. Mainsprings, apparently, he was telling me are bad to break in those because of the high beat, I guess. But wow, uh, and, and apparently they're impossible to find. But he finally found one, and that's something we'll touch on as far as an expectation of service. When we oh, totally! Oh my God, that's so cool. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna be a lot of fun. But here, Baird, we have to honor tradition. We have we we have to do it. I know people that want us to do it. Would you like to Would you like to do an audio wrist check with me? Absolutely. Okay, you 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 go first. I'm actually I'm always really interested to see what you wear because I always feel like you're wearing something I didn't know you had. I'll be like, I'll be like <sighs> the hell, Baird? Why don't you tell the rest of us? That would be you know what I mean. It'd be cool to have a review a review of that really cool Orient on the side or something like that. But but here I'm curious to hear what you're wearing. And unfortunately, I don't have something cool on today. I'm wearing the same watch I've been wearing pretty much since January. I have the uh, the Longines. Hydra Conquest, that thing's uh, cool. Forty-one millimeter in the ceramic with the ceramic bezel, the new one. That thing's uh, cool. In black, and uh, uh, like I've told you guys on the group, the Slack monthly meetings, mm. uh, the forty-one millimeter, at least in January, was really hard to find, and I finally found one. And uh, the Hydra uh, Conquest is an interesting one. It never makes the list of 
underrated or like I want a dive watch, but I don't want a Submariner or like an SKX for some reason. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the Hydra Conquest never makes it on those lists, but I, I, I like this watch. I always I always looked at this watch and thought there's something I like it, but there's something about it that I wasn't attracted to. And I think it was the old dial. If you look at the pre ceramic uh, bezel versions, the dial was a little bit uglier. Let me but see. Which one they, is which one is which? I guess I'll do aluminum insert. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you look at the you know the old one, it's got you'll notice because the dial on the old one has the the twelve, the nine, and the six, right? Which also, which also itch like an explorer vibe, but um, and then it has the dots around the other one, but then it's got these markers inside the dots. Oh, interesting! I see what's happening. Yeah, and it, the dial was just kind of unattractive for some reason huh but once they went to the ceramic and cut those inserts out it became a different watch and then i started really legitimately looking at it and bought it of course we don't have a longines dealer in bristol tennessee so i couldn't i bought it sight unseen and really did you buy, did you buy new yes i had nice. to yeah the 41 i couldn't find but right. uh uh uh, really, I've really come to like this watch a lot. It's a lot more comfortable than it looks. Like people look at those uh, shoulders on it and think, "Man, that's going to dig." Right? Does not at all, at all. You know what's so funny? I'm looking at, I'm doing a side by side of the ceramic one that you have, and the, I guess the old aluminum one with those, with the loom and then the markers. Yeah. I hate those markers. It's I awful. totally, I totally understand. <laughs> I, I'm apparently not detail oriented enough. To realize those were even there, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's a hydro conquest. What do you want? But like, no, I see. I now, I now cannot, cannot unsee. And um, sure, yeah, and sure, this new one. If you ask me, you know, they really just are like, oh, let's just do what Rolex and Tudor does with the dial. But I, you know, it works. I, it works. You know, but uh, you know, it's 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 got its quirks. The bezel's a little a little short, so it's kind of. It could be kind of hard to grip sometimes, oh, but it, very, it turns easily. It's not very tall. It's not very grippy. Interesting. But, uh, um, and the clasp kind of sucks, but, uh, I think, but I most, think watch most overall care. has been real good. What did you, how, how much into it are you for? What do these things run for? They, they MSRP for 16. Okay. Nice. And I'm assuming, you, I'm assuming you didn't pay that. A, I got rid of a lot of watches. No, uh, I, I got it for fourteen, but nice. I got rid that's of a nice. lot of watches for this, and un- and and funny enough, the the watch that this the the watch that this kind of replaced in my collection was the Mach two Christopher Ward Trident with the ceramic <laughs> bezel. <laughs> oh man! And Let I me... I can't say that I regret the decision to swap now, but. At the time, I was like, do I really? Because the Christopher Ward at the time was like the watch I really splurged on once upon a time. Mm. And, uh, and uh, you know, but I, I hadn't worn it a lot. I think I wrote an article for the site that said it was my least worn watch one summer. And uh, Oh, right. I I've remember been, that. Yeah. I've been really wanting to replace it. And I think this was a good replacement because I, I just, a lot of the features of this one I like a lot more than than that one and I, they, I, I know they've changed the christopher ward it's smaller now you can get a smaller version but uh 
but uh, I don't Christopher know. Christopher Lord was... is such a weird brand for me. When I first heard about them in like, I don't know, 2015 or 2016, it was when the first gen of those like C60 or whatever um, Tridents were out. You know yeah. what I mean? And they used to have one that had a green bezel and a white dial. Yeah. And like that was it. That I'm like, yeah, they that's, used to, that's the they, one. I they want. used to do cool stuff. Um, and they still do. They still make a hell of a watch, but their color yeah. schemes have gotten a little bit more normal. Uh, gotten a little more normal. And like it just seems just in terms of the amount of watches that are now offered under Christopher Ward, it's so diffused. It's just so many different types of watches i feel like i don't know it's just it's variants of watches yeah you, know, you, you can get one watch in bronze copper tin you know <laughs> aluminum adamantium you know whatever you want unobtainium you know the yeah, standards right, yeah, vi- the, the... vibranium <laughs> that's, that's just so wild um let's talk about the crown on their on your long jeans i've never seen a crown like that is yours the same one i'm looking at right now where it has the ridges and then it's almost like uh, another circular part that's attached to it. It, yes. looks, it looks like it's really grippy, like a really grippy yes. crown. And, and believe it, that, that's that's one thing. That's I, I would say that end on it is probably why it doesn't dig your wrist. Mm. Um, it does not at all. I never noticed a crown on this. However, with that said, um, when you unscrew it, believe it or not, it 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 is a little tight to grip. Uh, the crown is pretty really? small. And I have big fingers, mm. but I'll tell you this, this, uh, I think it's an L888 movement is inside this thing. It's a, it's, a, it's an ETA movement that they slowed down to seven beats per second so they could get 60 hour hours power reserve. 60, 60, it's 60 oh. on this one. Yeah. Nice. Um, but like there is like when you wind this thing, you have no idea anything's going on. Oh, well, like yeah. you don't feel it all. And then that second hand just starts moving. There, I, I will say, because I've had experience with like lots of different types of movements that are hand wound, and you can wind them up. Something about like a lot of the modern sort of ETA based movements that end up in swatch properties, and then even in some other like non swatch properties, something about them, they're just so smooth to wind. And I know, I know, watch nerds respond so positively to that sort of tactile experience. You know what I mean? Because like, I think folks associate like a rough wind or like that sort of gear with like a lack of luxury almost. So I I feel like a lot of these brands go out of their way to have a really smooth winding experience because they, they know, you know what I mean? So the rotors, the rotor is also real quiet. That's another thing. The neck beards seem to, it doesn't sound like you have a pepper mill on your wrist when you shake it around. I don't even (laughs) notice it. I really don't. I mean, if you put it up to your ear, you can hear it moving, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like I have a, an Orient Maestro. You can hear that sucker whining from across the oh, room. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Nice. Good watch. Good watch, man. If you want to do a write-up on the site, totally let me know. I'm down. <laughs> right? What are you wearing? What am I wearing? I am I am wearing the tried and true. I haven't worn in a long time. I'm wearing the Christmas chrono, man. Oh. Orient, Orient Christmas chrono. Um. I posted it on the stupid Instagram feed recently, and every time I post this watch, everyone's just like, oh, that's great. Where can I get it? I can't. It's like it literally just doesn't exist. You can – so for folks who are new, because we have a ton of new folks that are on the show recently, or in Christmas Chrono, um, I bought this watch uh, probably like a 
I don't know, a few years ago. Um, it's an Orient Neo 70s model, Japanese domestic market only, limited edition. They only made a thousand of them. The Orient Neo 70s series is a series of Orient watches that we don't really see here in the States because Orient USA is the worst. No one ever buys from Orient USA. Sorry. Um, if you really want Orient, you can buy through someone else. Um, you know what I mean? Just don't support Orient USA. It's just honestly the worst. Um, I got this watch through a Japanese retailer via eBay. Uh, they made it in, I think, 2016 to commemorate Christmas in Japan, which is the only reason why it's been called by by the two-book watch knobs, the Orient Christmas Chrono. Um, the exact reference, if you want, although if you just type in Orient Christmas Chrono into Google, you'll you'll see it because we're the only motherfuckers that have written about this fucking watch. Uh, the reference is Orient WV0051TX. Um, there's a couple other like Orient Neo 70s chronograph and chronographs and like that. But what's really cool about this is that teal dial with those pinstripes that have that sort of like jagged offset in them it's really 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 cool um the way uh the way it plays out but i hadn't worn this watch in a while dude that fucking the the orient seamaster 2541 like almost ruined me like i literally oh, yeah. i literally wore that watch for two months it would ruin <laughs> me too like like i said i've been you know i i really splurged on this long jeans and i know Ooh. that doesn't sound like a lot of money to some people but it is to me, and I haven't, uh, you know, it's it's other than the watches I've worn to write about. Like, I mean, it's pretty much dominated a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, so I get it. You know, if somebody came up and went, here, Baird, here's the Rolex you've always wanted. Like, I'd probably wear it every day. <laughs> you know? I don't know that I could be, I, I'm, you know, I don't know that I would be able to take it off. So That's I get so that. Cool. I think Skip has one of those Neo 70s with the black dial. I mean, the he Panda does. dial. Yeah, it's, panda it's really one. cool too. Yeah. Those Panda ones are not limited edition. So if you wanted to grab that one, go for it. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I think I still see those pop up every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get them on Amazon. There are plenty of, um, I think, Japanese retailers who go through U.S. Amazon or something like that. But... But yeah, if you type in, like if you just go to let's let's just do it right now in real time, Bear. Uh Amazon.com Orient Neo 70s. What pops up? Bam, there it is. Uh, with a selection of a couple other Orient Neo 70 series. So it's really, really cool. Um the Orient Neo 70 series is a line of Orient watches which take certain watch styles that are iconic of either an Orient model from the 70s or just a watch trend from the 70s, and they reimagine it, but with a really fun twist. Like, it's not them trying to do a vintage reissue. Like, that's just not, like, a thing um, with, with the Neo 70s line. It's just really putting a fun spin on it. Um, in the case of mine, it's this green teal. You know, there's some in here that are, like, crazy, like, fun colors, so definitely go and check it out. Also, do be aware this is a solar uh, chronograph, quartz chronograph movement. So it's not, like, mechanical or whatever, you know, um, or anything like that. And I know people give a shit, but um, we did an episode. Our last episode was on affordable mechanical chronographs because people apparently care about mechanical chronographs. I don't. I prefer quartz chronographs because I like my chronographs to work. And to not be 16 millimeters thick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I've got a, I've got a 7750 watch, and that, that it's a chunky Huge. boy, that's for sure. 
huge, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and, and, th- and the thing is, is I think you guys touched on this last week too. The, you know, the thing about the 7750, as far as the movement's concerned, you got to think you've got your hands, you've got the dial, you've got the movement, the part of the movement that does the actual timekeeping. Then on yep. top of that, you have the chronograph module and then you have the automatic winding module. I mean, it's, yeah. it's thick. It's, it's, like, boy. it's like ordering a triple cheeseburger and being mad that it's, that you can't fit your whole mouth around. Like, well, yeah, there's a right. lot in the burger, man. There's like, yeah. you asked for a lot and, and, <laughs> we, and you asked, you asked for a lot and you wanted me to do it for $10. Exactly. You asked me for an automatic modular chronograph. I'm not about to hand you an 11 millimeter thick watch. That's just, yeah, this is not, not going to happen. There's not a scientist. There's not a scientist shaking a dial in a field somewhere making magic. <laughs> you know, they, they did what they could do. But that 7750 movement, it's actually like, I mean, that's a tried and true, really reliable. That's a proper, you know, automatic chronograph movement. That's really, really cool. I think you guys um, should do an episode on quartz chronographs. We, like, we're going to. We're going yeah. to. I, I, after we did an episode, we were we were we were flushed with messages of people saying, "Hey, do a quartz chronograph version." Being like, oh, "Don't don't threaten me with a good time because I will <laughs> I will ram quartz chronographs down as many. Th- I will I will mama bird quartz chronographs to everyone." Until everyone hates look, there's some good looking ones out there for real. Oh my god, yeah, dude. And the wearing experience is just so much better because they don't have to fit all of this shit in the watch. You know, it's just cool. It's really, 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 really cool. So yeah, that that is that is gonna definitely go down eventually. Um, here, let us do this good good wrist check. I'm actually man, I, I saw the photo of this Hydra Conquest up. It's damn handsome. Is yours this kind of? It's not like a deep black. It's almost like a. It's is it like a smokiest? It's oh, a sunburst. That's what that is. Yeah. So when you look at it dead on, it's black. But when you get it in the light, you can see it's a sunburst black. Um, I almost bought the blue one, but uh, I'm real picky about blue colors, and I couldn't tell very well over the internet. Black goes I'm, well with everything. So I'm picky about blue colors, and I feel like I have enough blue divers. I feel like everyone has enough blue divers. You know what like I mean? I have, I have one blue diver. I have that Mito Ocean Star tribute that I love. Love that um, one. And I like that blue color. Yeah. But oh, the I, blue on there is beautiful. That like Mediterranean blue, I yeah. think they call it. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I hate, cannot stand like navy blues and what they call in the car world, like a true blue, which is a darker blue. <laughs> I hate them. I can't stand, <laughs> I can't stand dark blues, like blue jean, like dark blue jean blue. I can't. Right. It's it would just it would immediately just be sold. Oh, that's funny. What do you think? What do you th- have? You seen the um? Have you seen that Omega Railmaster blue jeans? Is that the kind of true blue that you're talking about? Let me look that up. I think I saw it, but I want to double check before I. Say I can it. throw it in the Slack if you want. Omega Railmaster blue jeans. I- I'm Googling in live live time here. Blues. Welcome to the two book watch now, Barrett. We do it every uh, every show. We're always Googling something. <laughs> like that's a you know uh, that's I mean it's cool looking if you like blue jeans. Who likes blue jeans that much? Like <laughs> don't get me wrong, like I have a jean jacket that has probably become very signature lately. Um but uh like I don't like blue jeans enough to be like oh you know what i want on my watch dog that's like that that that's like that what was who made that leather face watch that we talked about like, Ooh, blow. 
The, Luke Blow, yeah. It's like Blow and with like Bert- that, Bertulli or Bertucci leather. What the fuck was? Yeah, it comes yeah. with a chainsaw. <laughs> Oh man, Ber- Berluti, Ublo and Berluti leather dial watch. Oh my god, we wrote about this. That's great. Ugh, oh, I love the title that Mike Rezak came up for this. Ublo and Berluti leather dial watch, pioneering serial killer chic. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's Ed Gaines' signature. <laughs> I I I don't love leather enough to put it in my watch. I think is the headline. And I don't like blue jeans enough to put them in mine. I, you know, it's just, I don't get, the, it's so weird. Like, I guess there's a guy out there that goes, yeah, I got my blue jean watch and my surfboard. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm I don't cool know. I think, I think at a certain point, the reason, and this is what's happening in Seiko a lot, you get so novelized with your dial designs because you have to keep engaging jaded watch people. You know what I mean? You and know, at I, a certain, I, I oh, still sorry. like, I still like black. There you go. You know, right? I don't I don't know. I you know, I, I don't get into the whole limited edition, you know, we made this out of Michelle Pfeiffer's panties. I just <laughs> we pried them off her from the Batman flick. All right. right. And then we <laughs> we made this watch out of them. Own a piece of history. You know, I, I <laughs> there, you know, and there's cool stuff out there. I think I saw in the Slack there's watches made out of old rocket pieces and pieces of old planes and that's kind of cool and and i and i don't i don't dislike those things it's not like i'm saying you're a a ding dong if you buy them it's just that to me i'm i'm just a more practical person you're a practical person and 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 i'm not saying this in a derogatory way for people who do like this you are not swayed by gimmicks well yeah and i just you know i like the looks of some of that stuff i just it's just not something that i'm gonna wear a lot of you know like if you buy a watch that's made out of rocket ship uh that's probably something you're gonna sit in a box in a nice place and talk to people (laughs) about it but you know i go to work right they always end up they they either end up being talking pieces or a lot of the times especially with seiko a lot of the limited edition stuff it gives folks a sense of being a quote unquote more authentic watch collector if they have something that no one else has. Any collecting niche like yeah, does like it. does that. I mean, it, you're, and, and you're right. Car people do it too. Oh yeah, I don't it's know anything a, about cars. It's the same thing. If they put out a Hellcat Challenger tomorrow that has a special edition blue seat, it'll be sold immediately. <laughs> flying off the showroom shelves so it's just but i i but the thing is brands do that because they know people will buy it and it's never going to go away this is oh funny. i know it's no. definitely not no don't do too it too funny too funny though do you oh here let's do this man let's go through some housekeeping um some housekeeping items so huge thank you to everyone for understanding our new podcast schedule one week is the podcast, and then two weeks later is another podcast. We have done that strategically in order for um, the TBWS, the entire TBWS editorial staff, me, Baird, Michael, uh, all the hits. I can't remember everyone's name right now because I'm just very tired. But the um, the goal is to improve just everything TBWS related. You know, website. We're properly working on our merchandise again. Um, the Instagram, all of our outreach, because at a certain point in time, it was just, it was just the podcast. But there's just 
so much more that I know everyone just loves about the show. And so the most logical thing to do is for us to have the show every two weeks that way in the off weeks, website stuff. With that said, uh, there is some cool stuff on the website. Um, there is, let me see here. Uh, we have, I guess, technically, wow, we have a few, a few new reviews. One of these is yours, man. Um, I think we are. Okay. Yeah. So I have new reviews. Timex MK1 chronograph review. That's that course chronograph with the aluminum case. I've had that watch for a while. Go and check that out. Uh, Baird, you have your review for the Laurier. I can't ever say it. It's fucking You said it right. Laurier? Is it Laurier? That's it. Laurier Hydra 2. I I can't tell. I love your title. I can't tell if you were inferring something negative, positive, or neutral. It's Laurier. Laurier Hydra 2 review. New movement. New design. Same Hydra. Right. It's... it's it's uh, what I guess. Uh, what I guess. It, it's not a bad thing. And the funny okay. thing is, if the if by chance the Laurier people happen to listen to this, I didn't dislike that watch at all. I just was comparing it. I was lucky enough to see the first one and the second one. Yeah. And the second one is very different than the first one. But what I meant by the same Hydra is that it has the same, uh, you know, soul. Sure. I guess that the original one does. And there are certain things that I think it does better than the original. There's a lot of things I think it does better than the original. Nice. Um, also, if, uh, also with that, if anybody is a big Stephen King fan, the smiley face pin on the leather, on the jean jacket, which is actually what I wear, um, uh, it should, should stand out real quick. That's so cool. I love your photos. I and I did those. I did those funny. I'll tell a quick story. I won't. I won't take long. Oh, but let's do I it. actually. I actually caught COVID in January. Oh man, yeah, that's um, right. And you know, when you work every day, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but look, I was very lucky, and I didn't really get sick. You know, my my wife got it back in November, and she got pretty sick. It was scary, but yeah. um, but I got it, and lucky enough, I was actually okay. But I was stuck in a bedroom for two weeks, so that's all I had to do. I, I just grabbed stuff in the room and was like, well, I'll do this, <laughs> you know? And I was reading, I was reading the stand at the Tom, uh, which is where the jean jacket with the pen comes on. It's Randall nice. flags, the bad guy, the big bad in that book. That's what he wears. But, uh, nice. um, I was actually, re- I read it when I was a kid, but I wanted to read it again since there was a new mini series and what have you. So I was reading that. I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do a mic type shoot where you put it next to the window <laughs> and hope for the best that's so, so cool well the, that, the, uh, that's a neat watch and i hope that the laurier people are listening i i had i felt like i felt like once i wrote it people thought i didn't like it i i, I just i i i think it's very clear you like it i just i just enjoyed the title and i love these uh i love these photos i don't know how michael does that he just like he's like yeah well, he, open my open my camera stand by window snap a photo and it's like a gorgeous photograph it's like fuck you dude like i don't yeah and what i, I did understand. <laughs> I, I listened to what he said, and what I did was I waited till like four o'clock every day because the sun was in the right place. Mm-hmm. And it was just casting like this blue light in the room, <laughs> and I was like, "That's when I'm gonna do it." But that's uh, it. I got that's real awesome. lucky; I didn't get very sick. Um, I did lose my smell and what have you, which is weird. Oh wow! I had, to, I had to have somebody else come sniff under the door to see if I need to take a shower. <laughs> but you know. 
to anybody who's gotten it, I, you know, I wish you the best. I hope everything turns out because it, it can be very bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone definitely keep staying safe for sure. Um, Oh, where are we here? Oh, uh, in addition to that, we have a review from um, Jason Tricoli, TBW's contributor extraordinaire for the, I'm going to fucking butcher this name, Le Sablier? Le Sablier Sports Classic. Super I would think it's, oh, sorry. I would think it's, I would think it's Le Sablier. You probably Le Sablier? Saber. Saber. Le Sablier. Let's go with that. Um, super Battlestar Galactica vibes. And, and Jason even called that out on this watch. I think at the end, I think he said Battlestar. Really cool looking watch. What Mark's got that, uh, one that just came up a couple of days ago. I haven't read that one yet. The, the sin you, won. Oh, this thing is so cool. Um, uh, Zen uh, for 60 years, just, uh, so that their 60 uh, year anniversary just, just released this new, um, you on uh, DS watch. And it's, uh, they took a steel dial and they just they just scratched the motherfucking piss out of it. And then it's just so it's just a, a scratch like a scratch dial, like someone keyed a car, like someone with like like Parkinson's keyed a car, just scratched the dial. They put it in uh this steel case with this like I don't know the processes, I'm not super familiar with it. The tegmented um where the fuck is it? Mark wrote it down in here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. it's like a process that uh, the Zen folks use on their uh, cases to make them like really, really scratch uh, resistant. You know what I'm saying? Ground by uh, that's pretty cool. I'm trying to find the word. I'm, if I don't find it, it's gonna drive me insane. Uh, galvanized steel dials. That's fine. Cool. I can hear. I can hear Mark yelling at me right now. Uh, I love this. Zen hands their watchmakers a sharp object and gives them free reign to scratch away. Yeah. Like, like here it is. I bet, it, like, I bet dial is different. What'd you say? Oh, hey, every dial. Every dial has to be different. Um, the process is uh, tegmenting. I'm not a metallurgist. Sorry. Zin's, uh, I'm going to read this word for word with Mark um, Signorelli, TBS contributor extraordinaire, wrote here. Zin's tegmenting process applied to the case, bezel, locking buckle, and bracelet um, gives it a scratch-resistant watch that will maintain rugged looks in the long run. So there is humor happening here in that they take a dial, scratch the shit out of it, and then put it in a watch that can't be scratched, which I think is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's there is a really fun element of humor here. Um we also link to the um the Zen folks have like a YouTube sort of series that they do on their on the YouTube channel and it's called Zen Time Talk. We link to the episode where they go over this watch in particular um at the bottom of the piece. So definitely go and check it out. It's really, really cool. Um when I first heard about it, I'm like, eh, I'm sure it'll be whatever, but just aesthetically speaking, I, I I really do like the way this watch looks. Zen Zen's German, right? They're German, yes. right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so it's over engineered and Oh my god, yeah, dude. Uh, they they, you know, sit around thinking about how they can make the perfect metal and stuff like that. When the earth's crust split and volcanoes and magma spill <laughs> and render all carbon life to ash, what kind of watch would survive? That that's basically like the thought process. Many of these Zin and Damasco watches are super going to outlive humanity, just because it's <laughs> yeah. so over-engineered. You know, it, it, 
it will not stop when the nuclear bombs start falling. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So go and check out the site, twobookwashknobs.com. Lots of really cool, fun stuff on there. Oh, in addition to that, uh, we did a fun presser. Uh, Orient has, uh, for, for, for those who are familiar with like maybe vintage Orient models, Orient, um, to celebrate their, I'm pretty sure it's 70-year anniversary, uh, Orient watches out of Japan. I'm not talking about fucking shithole Orient USA. I'm talking about Orient in Japan because they're different. Um, is re-releasing a lot of iconic models from their catalog, of which they have more than you would think. And one of them is the Orient World Map Diver. They've begun to reissue these and the classic world map dial with like the yellow and orange and blue. It's really, really cool. And there's also three new dial versions. It's a lot of fun. Go and check it out on the site. If you just Google Orient world map, we should pop up Orient world map. Uh, yeah, we're there. So Orient revives the iconic world map diver. Go and read it there or just go to twobookwatchsnaps.com. It's all good. It's really a lot of fun and it is fucking affordable. It's probably going to end up being between $300, $400 USD. So that is a vintage reissue that I can get behind. You know what I'm saying? Speaking, uh, of, speaking of Orients, and I know that the stopwatch guys are like, you guys are over 30 minutes and still not in the main topic. Welcome. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you don't want anybody listening anyway, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, speaking of Orient, I, I wanted to point this out because it's really cool. Mm-hmm. My fr- a friend of mine who's not a watch guy, but I kind of kept telling him about this certain watch. And he kept going home and looking for one. And I told him, I said, they're rare. They're rare. You can't find one. They're hard to find. But he found one in great shape. But it's uh-huh. a Orient Mako 1 oh. in the limited edition yellow color. And I, it is absolutely gorgeous. I didn't even know this thing existed. Let me see. A lot of, yeah, because it's but... rare as piss. This is cool. It was, it's, you know, I had an orange Mako one once upon a time, but the, the yellow ones are really hard to come across because apparently it was a limited edition and then they re released it uh, with a different. Um, reference number they re-released it 10 years later in a very small percentage but his reference number is an original from the first run wow um and it's uh it's it's in really good shape beautiful beautiful yellow color god almighty in person I'm looking it's at it right so now. much prettier i did not know this existed good for your friend that's awesome yeah i'm jealous i mean right you know and the thing is because it's limited i mean he you know he paid a little for it no doubt but uh of course but yeah, you know, like I keep looking over at you know because I work with him and I keep looking over and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know, I wonder if he'd sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, maybe. And, and he's not a watch person. This is just his first. No, he foray. just. He was just always like, you know, I wish I could find a yellow watch because he's he's kind of a you know he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's not like me with browns and blacks and what have you. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh man, you know, I was just ju- I was just kind of saying like you know. Orient Mako yellow. That's a good watch, but good luck finding one, pal. Eggs uh, on our face, spared. The eggs yeah, on he our found face. one. <laughs> he found and one. It, and it is, and I thought for sure when it showed up, it was going to be beaten to crap. But it is, it's it's used, but not not trashed, and it not is trashed, yeah. really pretty in person. That's awesome. Well, congrats, con- congratulations to Bear's friend slash coworker, bastard. 
right? This thing is so cool. Well, here, let us do this. Baird, would you like to talk about watch servicing? Yes. <laughs> now, I will tell you candidly, I have never had a watch serviced, but I know I'm getting to the point with a couple of my pieces where I have to do it. I know I have to do it if I want the watch to continue working. A great example is one that you and I have talked about, which I've been meaning to send to you, my old Omega Seamaster 30, that, that one from 1962. Um, that one I have to send to you, you know, and then and I have a couple other ones and everything like that. I but a, <clears throat> I got that chronograph you sent me, by the way. I got it yesterday, right before we left. Oh, good, 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 good. I was going to um, ask about that. And I know the guy said it was overwound, which really isn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> it is wound to the hilt. And for some reason, it's not running is the problem. Oh, interesting. So now you have to play detective yeah. and chase that down. See why it's not running. Right. Because it's wound all the way to the top. But uh, it's not unwinding is the problem. There's something stuck somewhere out of place. I think that's a really good point with watch servicing and things like that is I don't think people understand how much detective work can really go into it and how that can inform your wait time and honestly how much you pay. You yeah, and the, and the thing is, is if you <clears> – <throat> and this is one of the things I want to talk about. There are people all over the country like myself who like to pretend like they know a lot about fixing watches. But there are people out there that actually go to school for that and get training and have certificates. So, you know, diagnosis for them might be easier than it is for somebody like me. Mm. You know, they've got the knowledge, they've got the tools, whereas I'm pretty much doing it like I do an old car. Uh, Interesting. You know, you, uh, you get a watch, it doesn't run. So you clean everything up, you check the pivots, you check the jewels. You put it back together, and now maybe it runs but stops or, or something. So you know there's still something going on. Uh, it's it's you, an interesting analogy that becomes – essentially we're dealing with two – essentially two engines, two things that take a power, a power source, and translate that to an action. So it's two – basically two engines. We're talking about wash movements and car you know, combustible engines. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's – you know, uh, I think – in the car world and in the watch world, I think, you know, uh, I'm going to reference a book that uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of, but it's called the 100 plus no BS watch tips. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And heard of it. This, this guy's on, he's on Instagram. I think the no BS watchmaker Yep. and nobody really knows a lot about him and some people don't like him and uh, but a lot of people do, but I think there's a lot of information in his book. He is a certified watchmaker. Mm-hmm. He does work in the industry. Um, and there are a lot of things that, you know, things he puts in here about expectations and what you're going to get out of it, uh, that are actually very helpful, whether you're selling watches or, uh, or servicing them or getting them serviced. Uh, like one of the tips is watchmaking is not fast food. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not, it's not a drive through experience, right? It's not going to be something that you drop off and he's going to have done Thursday. Right. Um, so would you say that's actually a helpful book for people like, 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 like watch tech and non-watch tech folk alike? I, yeah, absolutely. I think if nice. you, if you have any, if you have, uh, 
any preconceived notion of what watch service is. I think it will kind of give you a behind the scenes of what's actually happening, you know, because again, you know, I've got watches that I have put back cleaned. I've got a seven double O two. I think it is that Alex on, uh, mm-hmm. on the slack gave me. And, uh, it, it, you know, didn't run great. I cleaned it up, got it on a time grapher, got that sucker running like a champ, but nice. it stopped. It stops every 30 minutes. Weird. Stops every 30 minutes. And, uh, so funny enough, if you know anything about Seiko's, you'll know that the 7002 is the predecessor to several movements that eventually ended up being the 7S26. Yeah. And so like the mainspring and the gears are all the same. So, you know, I started with, I replaced the mainspring. It didn't change anything. So I thought, man, maybe I looked at the gears and I thought maybe one of the pivots is a little worn and I can't see it. I checked the jewels, you know, I ended up putting new gears in it, didn't change anything. And what I think has happened is that there's a jewel, uh, 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 the, the, where the pivot for the mainspring sits, I think is wallered out in the base. That's a, that's a good technical term there. Wallered. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Where's wallered it's out, man? Wallered out. That's when, uh, that's when that staff is wallered a big old hole in that thing. <laughs> but, oh, uh, it's like, um, it's, uh, it's uh, worn. It's like overworn, yeah, like an right. opening because too wide, too wide. Okay. Correct. Because this, it's not jeweled and like, oh, an old it's, clock, metal on, it's on metal on metal, right? Right. On our old Got clock, it. that metal on metal wears that hole bigger. And I literally think that every 30 minutes that, uh, mainspring barrel is slipping just a little bit enough to, to stop the watch. Wow. Jesus. But I don't want to put any more money into it because you've reached that point, you know, Yeah. So is it worth it? Someday. If some, if one of them comes up for cheap, I'll buy it and try it out, try that theory out. But for now it's on the back burner. So, wow. and I think, the, you know, that's one of those things you were talking about at the beginning was whether or not your watch is worth having serviced. It's tough because I think immediately people do, and if folks are like me, they'll do this. If you spent, I don't know, 200 bucks on a watch and it needs to get serviced and someone quotes you 300 bucks to have it serviced, you're like, that's more than I, but no, that's more than I pay for the watch. I'm not doing that. Some people would do that if the watch is sentimental, like, and that's not an unusual scenario, especially if you get something like vintage. Um, so, like, as an example, I paid uh, four hundred dollars for my vintage Omega Seamaster um, a thirty for the the one from sixty two that I was talking about. I had a watchmaker here quote me out. He was like, um, you know, just to look at it, it's going to start at like 800 bucks. And then depending on how difficult the fix is, it's going to go, you know, beyond that. I had someone else quote me out and say the same thing, but they're like, oh, it's going to start at a thousand bucks. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to have to contact Omega to get you a replacement dial because I can tell that it's all like flaking into the movement and everything like that. And it's just like, dude, I didn't buy a $400 watch to put $1,400 into it. Cause that's probably what's going to happen when it's all said and done. You know what I mean? But yeah. What if I inherited that watch and it was like my dad's or something? Yeah, I would 
probably still go for it. You, you know what I mean? And um, I, I just, I think that's something that people do wrestle with the cost of servicing versus how much they actually paid for a watch, you know? Yeah. And the sad thing is, is like, you know, I have a SKX 007. Mm. I still have one of the old ones and that value on that sucker goes up a dollar every day. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it's cheaper no kidding. It would be cheaper to buy a new movement and throw it in that watch than the service of one that's in it. Right. And that's kind of what you have to wrestle with. In fact, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, the, uh, the watchmaker shop there, he won't do vintage because there's no, I mean, unless it's a luxury watch, he won't do vintage because nobody ends up paying for it. Mm. You know, your watch is worth 60 bucks. It's going to cost you five to $600 to fix and service. This, uh, this might be like an unfair question or like an unfair scenario. Do you think there's a threshold for how much you pay for a watch in regards to whether it's worth servicing? Like, don't ever bother servicing a watch you pay 50 bucks for or something like that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like is, like, is there a minimum amount of, of money you put into watch where servicing is logical and a, like a, a amount where if you're below that, it's just not logical. I mean, I do believe that, you know, I, and I don't want to use this term to say that these watches are bad because I would obviously own a ton of them, but I think there is a, a, a dollar amount in which would somebody would probably consider a disposable mm. watch, you know, where, you had it for a few years as eh, something's wrong with it, but it's going to cost me too much to fix it. So I'll just get a new one. My, my Seiko SNK eight zero seven, the seven S two six that movement in there. Decide, I think I'm pretty sure that's what's in there. That movement decides to just break and just stop. I'm either faced with trying to take it to watch tech and easily exceeding the $50 that I spent for it. Way, just, way easier. Exceeding yeah. That. Or just spend another 50 bucks and literally just get a whole and new get watch. another one. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's logical, uh, you know? And I think that's like from a, you know, from a perspective of mine, I mean, there's a lot of the watches I buy on eBay that I use to just kind of bring back to life or, you know, cause I do this as a hobby mm. and believe me, I got a drawer full of junk that will probably never run again, but I do have some that I have fixed and, uh, you know, have put the time and effort into because I saw the value in it, not necessarily monetarily. I love but, the, uh, your experience with that Vostok movement recently. Which one was that? Was it a two, two, zero nine or one of the two, four calibers? It's a 2414. And to be <laughs> honest with you, if you have anybody that's got one of those movements laying around, let me know because, that watch was crud <laughs> and I got it running, but the, yeah. the balance is not true in it. It's uh, oh, okay. it doesn't swing smoothly back and forth. You can kind of see a wobble almost like it's got a flat tire. I have a couple two, four, zero nines, which are the so your two, four, one, four is automatic, right? No. Oh, to date. It has uh, a date on it. Yes. Okay, yes, that's what it is. Date, yeah. Right. The two four zero nine is the non date version. It's basically I I'm I think it's basically the same thing just without a date. I have a couple I can I can probably send your way if that's helpful. Because I need to uh I need to test that theory and see if a new balance would fix that. And obviously I got on eBay and they're still making that movement. You can buy a brand <laughs> new one. You can buy a brand new two four one twenty bucks. Yeah, you can buy two four one four, you can buy two four zero nine, you can two two four one six. They're 
Bostock's still still making them. I think my favorite thing you said about that watch is when you got it, it smelled like gun oil, which oh, I dude, find like. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. I've found that so many times. You crack it open and somebody's been in it. And I get that you're supposed to oil parts, but you know you don't have to pour half a bottle of Pinzel in it to get it to run. That's not how it works. You know, you just and pop the lid off the back, WD forty, couple, and you just close it, and you're uh, you're good to go, right? Yeah, and the reason exactly, but the reason that you don't want to overall the watch, and I think it may be something that hurt that Bosch doc over time, mm. is that oil gets on that hairspring, and then the coils will touch each other, and the balance doesn't run right. It runs like crap. Right. It's not like it's not like pancakes where there is no such thing as too much syrup on a pancake. I, I service all my watches with syrupy fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, Baird eats pancakes with his hands, and That's then right. services washes. <laughs> just pour the just pour the maple syrup right in them and lick it off. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So yeah, okay. I I let's let's. There is a dollar amount threshold where servicing a watch just isn't worth it. Should we unless say it's that? sentimental? Unless it's anything sentimental is out the window, and for me, that's my Raketa Big Zero. My Raketa Big Zero has a Raketa Two Six Zero Nine um, movement in there. Um, it's working just fine. I am fairly certain it leads at the very least to be relubed. But anything I pay to have that watch serviced is going to exceed the cost of the watch. I'm not going to have that thing serviced. It's fine. I literally don't wear it outside. Um, just because I'm, I'm in Florida and it's starting to get hot again over here. And that thing is just not like there's no gaskets in it. It's just, it's just, it's just, oh, yeah. metal, it's just metal and air. <laughs> so, yeah. That's you know what I mean? um, so obviously anything where there's sentimental value that just goes you know out the window. But if you bought a watch for, okay, well, here's a good example. What if I bought a, okay, your buddy, your buddy with this, um, Let's just say your buddy didn't get a limited edition fucking Mako 1 somehow. Let's say he mm-hmm. got um, a Mako 1 with an original 469 uh, Orient Caliber movement in there. And it was just like a blue one or whatever. And today it stopped running. Should he have that service? So let's say he's in it for like, I don't know, 200 bucks. It's too, if you pay 200 bucks for a watch, is it worth servicing it? Well, let me put it this way. Uh, like the the watchmaker shop in Asheville, mm. they that he charges eighty five dollars an hour, and I can tell you from experience that getting the watch torn down to the studs, and some people are faster than others, because uh, I guarantee you when I say this, they're gonna be like, I can do it in twenty minutes. Well, go get a job <laughs> application, buddy. Yeah, right. You know, the watch industry needs more techs. Go, uh, but, go uh, at it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, to tear a watch down to the studs, you know, you're usually looking at between, you're looking at around a couple hours just to do that. That's a really good point. Most watch so you've, techs. You've ex- yeah, you've exceeded the value of the watch just tearing it down. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I apologize if this is just like rudimentary knowledge and everyone knows it, but I guess that's the thing. Watch techs charge by the hour, generally. I believe it. That's how they make their money. It's like that's car funny. techs, you know, that's. You know, people are always throwing fits because there's a diagnostic fee or something, you know, just to look at the car. Well, you know, he doesn't work for free. He's got to eat, you know. So so let's assume so hourly fee and let's assume it's, you know, average two hours to open a watch that should help you at home figure out 
if it's worth even having your watch service because if in those two hours you are already kind of surpassing what you paid for the watch probably not worth it because remember they have to put it back together so let's say two hours to take it apart and what another two two to put it back together or longer Uh, longer i think i think it's always (laughs) longer to put it back together but like you know just to kind of give you an idea like a full service on a swatch watch according to the book here that i have you know you've got your complete detailing cleaning assembling oiling repair replacement of worn parts adjustment regulation replacement of crown push button gaskets and battery if necessary restoration of water resistance cleaning the case and bracelet to factory specifications final oh, visual technical inspection so you you know that takes time for instance i have a bellmatic that i bought for $20 nice at a you know a antique warehouse and got it running again nice and it's not perfect by any stretch I have 15 hours or more in that thing. Wow. So if you were charging, hold on, let me get my calculator. If you were charging $85, if you were your own client, 15 times 85, we're in it for 1275 bucks. Better believe it. <laughs> just buy another Mako at that point. <laughs> just if you're, so I think, I think that's actually, it's, it's, it's probably not going to be a one size fits all number situation for everyone. But if you are considering um, having a watch serviced, go and get quotes, ask what hourly rates are, and use that to determine if it's worth you. If your watch is still available to buy new, it's worth, if it's worth just buying new and then and, doing that. And, you, know, you know, if you're somebody who has taken care of your watch, and has had it serviced from time to time or whoever before you had it did that, you know, it's not going to be that way. Mm. But if you've got a beater that sat in a drawer for 10 years, right. You know, that sucker is probably going to need some work and it's going to, it's going to cost you some money. You know, it's nothing's free. I can tell you that, but there's a, there's a lot to go into it. You know, even I, and I don't usually restore the cases or anything because I like that. Uh, but, you know, technically, you know, I'll polish the acrylic crystal so it's clear. Mm-hmm. Take the movement apart, clean all the parts, make sure they're dry and free of dust, and make sure all the pivots are straight, all the gears look okay, uh, and then put it back together, oil it, and troubleshoot anything goes. I mean, you're talking hours. This all day uh, process hours. just yeah, in one I mean, watch. Easily. You know? And I'm, you know, it's again, if you take it to the quote unquote dealership, they're going to have a guy there, you know, if it's sent back to Omega, they've got all the tools they need oh, yeah. to diagnose common problems. They've seen this watch before. They know what goes on. So, you know, you're paying partially for that expertise. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit in the, in the, in the pre-talk, the, um, the idea that you are going to be waiting potentially a long time because a obviously it takes time you know what what's the what was the joke watch watch servicing is not like going to get fast food and then b your watch is not the only watch in front of this watch tech you know absolutely so do bear that in mind like if you have a wedding coming up and you're like oh i gotta get my dad's watch fixed i'll pop over in the watch guy the day before the wedding no (laughs) he said said it to him way before that like i don't know i i i i 
because I do get the sense that some folks think watch servicing just generally or like any sort of watch tech thing, any watch issue can be solved by just cleaning the watch or relubing it or something like that. Because I've talked to folks and they're just like, yeah, the watch doesn't run so good. I figure it just needs more oil. You know what or I mean? You could ta- or you could be just like a Vostok and just kind of hit it on the wall and it starts back up. <laughs> Hey man, say what you will. I like those movements. I like I like the the original two two zero nine that two four zero nine um is related to. That two two zero nine was uh was really really cool. And I like I like my Raketa two six zero nine movement. It's just it's very few parts, but it works. They are they are definitely uh quote unquote utilitarian. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But the two the twenty four fourteen wasn't. I mean that's a pretty easy movement to get you know, apart and put back together. It really wasn't yeah. all that bad. Because the culture, uh, the culture at the time when those movements were innovated, it was also happening around the time where it was, there was a really popular European thing that was happening. When I say European, I mean European and not necessarily Soviet, um, where it was almost like, like a, like a, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a disposable watch, like a $1 watch, like the idea yep. that the watch runs and then it dies and you just throw it away. They tried doing that in the Soviet Union, and it just literally doesn't – it just doesn't compute – it didn't compute to the population at the time. The Soviets wanted a watch that they could just have serviced and uh, taken care of basically for the rest of that watch's life, and that necessitated a movement that was just easy to take apart and clean and do stuff on. Um, it's definitely easy to take apart and put back together. No yeah. doubt about it. You know? And so cool. That makes me think of something, you know, they, the luxury brands, uh, you know, and it's, it's just like the car business. They want you to come in and get that thing serviced every five to 10 years. Mm. And I'm not against that by any stretch of the imagination. You know, if you've got the money, absolutely. If you paid for the watch, you should be able to pay for the service. You know, you don't go out and buy a BMW if you can't pay for the thousand dollar oil change every time you go in there. You know? um, but uh, you know, so if you if you buy an expensive watch, you should also be well off enough, hopefully, to pay for the service. Oh yeah. But you get the cheaper watches that were just you know disposable or throwaways, and I'm telling you, you know, I've I've bought watches that I know have been running for fifty years. And somebody hasn't been in it for at least 20 <laughs> and they're still going. Yep. They, they may not go great, but they're still going. They're going. Uh, so, you know, that's interesting because it's, it's funny to me that some of those older movements, uh, hold up like they do. Well, it, it presents the interesting thing that I was thinking about. Does every watch need to be serviced? Cause to your point, Hey, if you love your watch and if it's running, and if it seems okay, and if you use your phone to actually tell time like the rest of fucking Earth, do you really need to, does your watch need to be serviced? Because I think there's this thing in the watch fam where people feel like they're only a proper watch collector when they've serviced their watches because, like, that's what you do as a watch collector. But, like I said, I've never had a, I've never had a watch, like, serviced. I've had them kind of, a- I, 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 you know? I had a couple, I had a couple serviced when I first started, but we don't have a, like a lot of people close by that do that. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, I, I have to say that even though 
I have to say it's probably not a bad idea to have it serviced frequently just because, you know, and it, it, for, for the listeners that have a time grapher, you can literally watch this. As your watch gets older, the amplitude, which is the amount that the, the force that the balance swings back and forth, mm-hmm. the amplitude will drop. The watch may run fine, but that amplitude will drop. And what that signifies is that the watch is dirty okay. uh, or gummy and that, or that the mainspring is starting to wear out possibly and power uh, is not be- as much, as much power is not being transferred through it. And the thing is, will the watch run? Yes. Does it, does it potentially mean that once it does break, you'll have to pay more? Absolutely. Hmm. You know, so if you did, if you say you serviced your watch at a 10 year interval, it would be in better shape 50 years down the road than guy B who, uh, wears it for 25 years without ever cracking it open. And then it finally stops and he wants to have it fixed, you know, it's like, um, preventative car. It's just like a car, Yeah, you know? change your oil every 3000 miles or i know they push it out now but i'm old school i i still change mine every 3000 miles even though it's synthetic but that is cheap insurance right there yeah that's a good point uh, because if you don't change that oil and you're driving that sucker 15 20000 miles that engine's going to pop mm. and then it's going to cost and you more like literally more than just doing it, yeah preventative maintenance for every you know in your case, two thousand so, miles, or versus for a watch every few years. So that's a good point, actually. And I understand not everybody can pay for that. I sure as hell can't. I've got an Accutron that belonged to my grandfather that I would love to have, you know, fixed at least to get it to run again. Uh, but I, I just don't have the, you know, it's a thousand dollars, and I just don't have the money to sink into that yeah. uh, for them to possibly say I can't fix it. It's screwed, you know. But uh, which is crazy because yeah. that is a possibility. I because I, I think we talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the show, and it's one of the things I want to emphasize. It is entirely possible for a watch to not be fixable, right? It definitely, it it definitely, you know. I, I think it could. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I think you, could, as mechanical watch is concerned, I think you can always replace enough to the point you've replaced the whole movement to get it working again. Mm-hmm. You know, with quartz movements, and they some of those require service too. I guarantee you that Seiko wants you to get that 9F serviced every once in a while. The, yeah, that the 9F is supposed to be serviceable. I know they encase it in oil, and they say, "Oh, it lasts for 50 years," but like you're still supposed to, you're still supposed to service it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of you know. I, I have an old uh, uh, 7A28 quartz chronograph that so cool. has to be run through every so often. Mm. Uh, it has jewels just like a yep. mechanical watch. Um, but, uh, and, and, uh, uh, the bad thing about quartz watches, they get a lot of co- uh, corrosion from the batteries and what have you, if you let them sit, if, you leave if there's in anybody there, out yeah. there, God, if there's anybody out there, has got dead quartz watch, take the fucking battery. Just <laughs> turn off the show right fucking now, <laughs> climb into your closet, past all your old ski wear and shit. Find that watch, get the battery out, or Baird will come for you in the night. All right. And 
you know, you get lucky. I, I have friends that say, can you put a battery in this? It hadn't had a battery change in 10 years and it's fine. <laughs> and then I had a, I had a fella, he's like, you know, my dad wore this watch every day and he passed away. Can you put a battery in it? I was like, yeah, when did he die? 1997, Oof. you know, and that fucking battery was spilled out into the whole movement. Yeah. You know, I was like, there's nothing I can do, but replace it. It's like, um, for anyone who had this experience as I've had it, it's like when you were an adult and you find your old RC cars controller and you open the back and whatever nine volt or double A's or whatever. And it's all like crusty back there. That's what we're talking about, but in a watch, where like the the essentially, I guess the battery acid. I, I'm not like a batteryologist. Like spills out of the watch or out of the battery. I guess, kinda. yeah, I, it, I guess it leaks over time and and corrodes. But uh, you know, if you get you know you get battery corrosion on that circuit board uh, or in the coil, uh, you know she's done. There's, yeah, you know, or you're replacing parts. So, yeah. you know, quartz watches need to be looked after too. Even though most, for the most part, cheaper quartz watches can be quote unquote disposable, but uh, you know, nice physical... quartz watches need to be looked after too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like especially if you're dealing with one of those high accuracy quartz ones. I know Longines has a high accuracy quartz movement. Um, Citizen obviously has a high accuracy quartz. Obviously, they did that new zero zero one. A couple of years ago, they're actually just now starting to put that in watches. You know, this is a movement that's plus minus one second a year. Um, yeah, it's also ten thousand motherfucking dollars, which is really crazy. The watch uh, of the people. The watch of the people. <laughs> the watch. The watch of the people. If those people all group together, pool the resources, <laughs> they can share this one. Uh, this one watch, and um, obviously we were talking about the Grand Seiko nine of course calibers, which are which are really fucking incredible. Um, those are those movements require care. But if you have like um, anything with like a Miyota quartz movement in there, and the movement breaks or whatever, honestly, an expensive yeah. Miyota quartz movement, you can probably get another one for like twenty bucks, not even if that. You know, like some of those uh, some of those little Miyota zero jewel three handers or mm. you know five bucks you know yeah. they don't cost anything exactly they're loaded with plastic gears and, I mean, and that's why the cost really, that's why the cost is so low <laughs> right and they're not really meant to be uh not really meant to be serviced there are some old vintage timexes that aren't meant to be or that are mechanical that they riveted the mm. plates into it and there's nothing you can do other than either cut the rivets if you can if you have the tools to redo them, uh, but there's nothing to do with it other than pitch it in the trash. Is so, that what you're? Is that what's? Is that what's going to happen with all these System Fifty Ones? Because that that thing is like <laughs> sealed. You can't. It's there are plenty of plastic parts in there. You can't get in the watch. What happens if it breaks? I don't know. I guess you just throw it out, right? <laughs> yeah. Shit out of luck. I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, what I want to do is this. I think it's definitely time to start rounding out, but there's something I wanted to talk about, and it's something that's going to take a lot of time, I think. And I think it's going to be incredibly helpful for folks. I don't really know what the answer to this is. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you know what the answer is, but maybe we can figure it out together. How do you tell if a watch tech that you're speaking to is actually good? Or, like, are there any warning signs? Like, you, uh, you, did, you, did you ever watch Seinfeld? Oh God, yeah! Remember Best show George, on Thursday night, right? But remember when George just like mechanics? I don't know the, the Johnson rod. Sure, the Johnson rod. That sounds that sounds <laughs> right. Like, what's the Johnson rod tell <laughs> from when you're talking to a watch tech? 
I don't know. Johnson Rod. <laughs> right. I mean, Johnson Rod is off or something like that, you know? Like, I don't know about cars. Maybe there is a Johnson Rod next to the fucking solenoids. I don't, I don't know, you know? <laughs> well, you know, the funny th- this book addresses that a little bit. Which one? And, oh, the no BS. Uh, yeah, the no BS. It, 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 it says, and it talks about how, unfortunately, especially in the United States, there's no governing body over that. No, you know, anybody can work at K jewelers and say that they're a watchmaker. I could walk in there right now and be like, yeah, bro, I've taken some watches apart and they could be like, you're hired, you know, (laughs) you know, and then put an advertisement out that they have a watchmaker and somebody brings in a Rolex and that leaves with a pancake, you know, (laughs) it'll be be your first time opening up a Rolex. (laughs) That's right. So, you know, unfortunately there's no governing body but there are some resources out there uh, mm-hmm. there's the national uh watch and clock association and they uh, have okay. lists of people who are certified awesome. for real that you can go to like the guy in Asheville that i talk about at the watchmaker shop i know i've plugged this sh- he probably doesn't listen to the show because he's a classy guy but he's um, a classy guy he's, he's just, not listening to our show <laughs> just cl- just kidding but uh uh you know, but he's, he's, he's Rolex certified, you know, he's, uh, and you know, I, he might have a Breitling or an Omega certification as well, but he's, he's a 21st century he's century. It's called CW 21. He's a 21st century watchmaker certified. So, uh, you know, that document says that he knows what he's doing. And you can reference that against a registry, essentially, over at the National yes. Watch, Watch and Clock. Yeah, right. that's actually a really good. That's a really good uh, like tip, actually. Um, Whereas I have no certification of any kind. You didn't go to no big fancy law school. That's you right. went to the school I, of hard knocks. You know, <laughs> I went from I went from you know taking five liter Windsor engines apart to <laughs> watches. You there know. you go. So. You know, you, do you think there's a directory also for folks who go through the Hayek school? Probably a dumb uh, question. I don't know. I don't know. But the one with the National Washington Clock folks, that's actually a really, really good call out. And I'll try to get a link to that in the show notes. Um, Cross reference your watch tech, like the name, if you can get the name. If you go to a jewel and they're like, oh, yeah, we got a watch guy try to get that motherfucker's name um just to like and, help you do some research <laughs> and just and just understand that there are people that are good at things that don't have a certification and that is true too. but but it's hard to tell like my dad didn't go to college he doesn't have a pay, piece of paper that'll tell you shit about him mm-hmm. but my dad can take apart a small block chevy engine with six pack of budweiser down in his stomach on a Saturday night with a socket set and put it back together, you know, so that's so good, but he can't, he can't prove it other than to say, other than to say that engine over there runs. Yeah. Um, that's totally fair. So, I mean, there, you know, it's, there's, it's, I, I think it's kind of hard, you know, I've had, I had kind of crappy service once from a local place and those guys act like they were, you know, we're, third generation watchmakers but you know okay i got my watch and you charged me a lot of money for it and it still sucks oh, but happened, you know happened to my, this is oh, sorry. go ahead i'm sorry 
No, no, it happened to my dad. My dad, um, people probably heard me talk about this on Eric. I haven't talked about I haven't talked about, talk about my dad's Rolex in a long time. Um, my dad's a Rolex, he's one watch, he's a one watch guy. He got a Rolex in um, 1979. He bought a Rolex date just uh, two-tone white dial with Roman numerals, um, and he bought that watch because he completed medical school and he went to the pretty sure it was a mayor's over in the Boca uh, Raton uh, town hall or town center, wherever the fuck it's called. It's like a mall they got over there near um, FAU. He went in there, he saw the watch in the case, and he says, I'll, I'll have that one. And then he walked out, and that's his watch. And that's my dad's Rolex. My dad's, the only things, some people have like items associated with their, with their parents. With my dad, it's his Rolex and the smell of cigar smoke. Because my dad smokes oh. cigars. That's your dad's cool as shit. My dad is so he listens to opera <laughs> while he does both of those things. Wear his Rolex and smoke his cigar. <laughs> listens to fucking opera, and he used to do that on laser discs when those were still cool. So he's <laughs> way cooler <laughs> than I'll ever be. But um, he he doesn't baby his Rolex, but he's so regimented with what he does on that watch. He has it cleaned properly once a year and then serviced every like five years or something like that and for the longest time it was the same watch tech that was doing it it was like this little old hobbled man in like this random like like shopping strip mall area where all the stores around him modernized and changed into fucking burger fries Um, but his store like stayed the same Um, and that was my guy that was my dad's watch guy that guy died, you know, as you do. And so my dad had to find someone else new. And he went to a really, really reputable. Um, we grew up in Fort Lauderdale. He's in Fort Lauderdale now. Really, really reputable um, jeweler in Fort Lauderdale where they have like, there's a local jeweler, like multiple outlets. And you see their advertisements everywhere. And like my dad walked in there and, you know, they uh, gave the gave the guys the, the Rolex and, um, and he got it back from them and it just stopped running. It was fine when uh. he gave it to them. And he got it back and it stopped running. And my dad's like, okay, I'm not going to go back there. My dad found another independent like watch tech who was sort of, I guess, newer. My dad went there to that guy and bared the first thing that guy did when he had my dad's watch was take the green sticker off the back. Oh, <laughs> God. My dad, my dad, who's not a watch person, even at least knew I'm not taking this green sticker off did the your, back. Uh, did your dad once have a thick, beautiful head of black hair? <laughs> he just and, pulled, and all of a sudden he came pulled. home and he's like, when did you go bald? His hair turned gray and immediately fell off his head. Oh. <laughs> and, and that guy couldn't do that? And the guy like just, even a freaking idiot know. knows that that sticker is like worth more money than the fucking bracelet, you know, almost. You know, the guy just took it off. And he worked on my dad's watch, and it still didn't work. Um, I think to this day, I haven't been home in a while. I think to this day, it probably still isn't working. He still puts it on because it's part of his morning routine. You know what I mean? But we're all headed in that direction someday when we all get up at four in the morning and put our slacks (laughs) on and stuff. (laughs) Put our slacks and broken watches on. (laughs) But uh, it's funny you would say about the watchmaker who died. Mm. This book touches on how the watchmaking industry is very old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that there's not a lot of young people in it. And if I knew now, 
20, if I knew what I know now, 20 years ago, when I was 20 years old, I would, I might've done things differently, but, mm. uh, I, I tell you, uh, there is a, uh, I think there's actually a watchmaking school in Miami, but I can't think of the name of it right now. It's, it's the Hayek one. It's one of the Hayek yeah, schools. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Uh, and there's also the Technicum sponsored by Rolex and let it's Pennsylvania, which looks yep. like Latitz. <laughs> And, uh, and just put that I, out there <laughs> and I, yeah. And I looked that one up. So if you want to spell it, it's L A T I T Z. But, uh, uh, I looked up that one in that school. They don't take a lot of students, but it's free. It's free. Yeah. You have to provide your own tools, which is about 7,000 bucks. And I don't know that you can have a job. So somebody's going to have to front and be fronting this organization. But, uh, we have but, several people who listen to the show who went to this school because their spouses support them. So they can yeah, go to absolutely. School. That's like a realistic so, scenario. If you have an interest in that, you know, it's out there, but, uh, you know, this country is what it is. It's not Switzerland mm-hmm. where they the head, just teach the you how to do is, it when you're born. Right. Here's the thing. If you're 17 years old and listening to this show and you want to get into watches now, is definitely the, time. the fucking time. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, you know, and they, they're going to need them. It, oh, it's, yeah. This is, you know, the watch, like I said, the watchmaking industry is very old. If it's I could go back, young people. if I could go back and talk to 17 year old Kaz, I would be like, Listen, dude, get it. You have to be, because you, if you get, if you go through, um, you know, one of the proper certified watch tech schools, you will go through and get a job immediately. You know what I mean? You probably, you probably would. I mean, somewhere. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, is watchmakers aren't making a ton of cash. They're not sitting on piles of money. They don't pull up to their little shop every week in their Maserati and, you know, get out <laughs> Ferrari, with their gold uh, tools. Ferrari but, Testarossas and shit like that, right? <laughs> but there's got to be some satisfaction to doing a good job. I love finally getting one to fucking work. <laughs> it's a good feeling, you know, I bet. Like it's great when it first starts and then you like you're in that scared zone for five days because you think it'll stop or run fast or run slow or something else will be wrong with it. But when you get one that finally works and it works all day and keeps good time, you know, there's a, there's a real sense of pride about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, in a lot of things in life, human beings have lost that, that we do stuff with our hands kind of we thing. do I, we do you're totally right we do stuff with their hands and we do stuff that we can complete i don't know what your experience is but in my experience i work in like tech my job i i don't like i never had the sense of satisfaction of completing something the day just ends and then when i wake up the next day i just pick up what i was working on beforehand you know what i'm saying um but with a watch when you're done you close it back up you clean it and hand it back to the person that watch is done, you know, or in my case, you told your wife you were going to flip it quote unquote, but that sucker sits in a drawer <laughs> and you put it on every now and then. I mean, you know, it's all good. <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. You fought, you fell in love with it because you worked on it and you're like, it's mine now. Which one was this? Oh man. I've got a couple of them. <laughs> I've got a, I've got an Elgin I bought for $8, uh, which is, I just posted on the Instagram the other day because, uh, another of the watch fam, 
uh, post that she had one, and I was like, holy shit, it's the same damn watch. That's so cool. Uh, and then I've got a Seiko, uh, God, I forget the reference, a 60, it's a 6 movement, but it's a little Seiko 5, and that thing's gorgeous. Nice. And then I have the Belmatic, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got a couple of my grandfather's watches I ran through, and you know, tweaked a little bit and they still run really well. I wish I could get that Accutron fixed. If somebody out there knows a lot about Accutrons, you know, is it, send me a DM. Yeah. There's someone in the watch community that actually is super versed in them. I cannot, uh, I, I know at least 50 people yelling at me right now. Cause I've, I've, because they Josh mentioned... had his fixed by somebody and I've forgotten who it is, but, uh, it might be this person I'm thinking of. Yeah, we'll figure it because out. Mine's we'll... a, I, I actually service the 218. They're quite a bit easier, but those old 214s are a little bit harder. And That's I tough. Well. Don't want to fuck it up even more. <laughs> well, here, let's do this. This has been, dude, Beard, this has been so cool. I know I know you're on the road right now, and it means a lot you're able to, to find the time and just jump on here and shoot the shit and talk about this stuff. Um, I know this has been super knowledgeable for me. I hope it's been fun for you. It, oh, I, I love it. I can talk all day. <laughs> talk all day, man. And I feel um, like, and I, I, I hope, I hope some people got something out of this. And obviously, you know, if they're, if they think I'm an idiot, they are more than welcome to send me their hate mail. But, uh, cause I don't know everything. I, I, you know, I, obviously I'm, I'm not a, a professional, but I, I, I feel like I was kind of all over the place with my talking. So I don't know if I hit on every topic, but. I think we've given people enough to feel a little more knowledgeable about what their experience should be in finding a watch tech. But then at the same time, I think we've also given them resources for them to connect a lot of the dots on their own end. Um, go and check out the no, what was 100 No BS Watchmaking? Yeah, 100 plus is? No BS Watch Tips. Check uh, out the book. It actually is supposed to be no really... BS Watch Tips. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I think in closing, if I could say one thing, I think it would oh, yeah. be... Just assume, you know, understand that you're going to pay some money for somebody good. Understand that it's going to be a month or so unless it's an Invicta and they take five or six months just to put a new bezel on it. Um, uh, and just, you know, if there's anything I can say is unless they're just really bad and there's obviously exceptions, but don't treat your watch tech like trash. Right. You know, don't be hounding over him over his shoulder. There's nothing anybody who works on anything hates more than somebody who. Oh God! Every day <laughs> we have people that show up at, you know, we work on cars, and there'll be somebody out there every day like, "My car ready? My car? We fucking called you and told you it's waiting on an engine. <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> I know that your family is in crisis and you have to have a car." But it just can't. It, I can't manufacture the fucking thing in the back. I don't room. just have one in the back, and I can just pop in yeah. there. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's, it's not that simple. They're doing the best job they can with what they've got. So you know, don't be a dick. And the thing about it is, he says in the book, if you're not a dick, they might help you out. Mm -hmm. I help out people every day just because they're nice to me. Yeah, that's at real. work at my job. If somebody walks up and goes, I need a filter for a diesel and they're talking to me, I might cut five, $10 off of it just because you're a nice guy, you know, right. but if you come in expecting like you're going to, you know, like you own the place and you're an arrogant prick, you're going to pay full fucking price for it. You know, <laughs> eat shit. Oh, uh, that's so good. That's actually, that, that's actually an excellent, 
like an excellent thing to just cap the conversation off with, regardless of what it's like finding a watch tech and deciding who's right. When you find the watch servicing location, regardless of what might you know happen or anything like that, just don't be a dick. Always if be. If they cool. do a good job for you, don't be a dick. Exactly. You know, this guy has to go home just like you do and put up with whatever's going on in his life or her life, just mm-hmm. like you do. Chill out, bro. Chill out. You'll get your you'll get your Invicta back in due time, dude. Hang out. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Barrett, this has been so, so cool. Everyone, I hope you had a great time um, uh, listening to the show. Let us know your thoughts on the conversation. I know I know a shit ton of people in the wash industry listen to the show. If you're a watch tech, if you're a servicer, I know an even more amount of people have had watches serviced. Let us know your thoughts. If you have any um <clears throat> any like tips or recommendations or anything like that for people who maybe have not had a watch service and who are getting close to that time soon definitely keep an eye out on our instagram feed i'm going to be sending out a question poll probably on like tuesday just asking people to share their um just their tips and experiences and then i'll go and reshare that on our instagram feed it's at two broke watch snobs it's just the name of the fucking show at two broke watch snobs um and just definitely listen to your, th- your thoughts on the show on the website. You know, when this goes up, twoworldwatchsubs.com and everything like that. You can email us if you want, but it's just um, – it. no, it will take us a long time to get back to you uh, through email. It's just going to be much faster through, like, Instagram uh, at this point. Um, if you really want it, the email is tbws.contact at gmail.com. That email, again, is tbws.contact at gmail.com. Baird, tell everyone your Instagram handle so they can go and follow you on Instagram. Uh, it's it's Griffin, uh, G R I F F I N dot or no wait it's underscore my emails dot uh, Griffin underscore watches on Instagram and I've I'm you know I I have a, you know kids in sports so I'm not on there every day I can't come up with content every twenty minutes but you know I try to talk to people if they you know if they send me a message I try to get back to them nice everyone as go fast follow as possible. Go follow Baird and like his photos. That's the headline. That's that's, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> All right. All right, Baird. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to close the show out. We'll say bye, blah, blah. I'll stop recording, but then let's just stay on, and then we'll do a proper goodbye, not with all these people prying and listening in on a private conversation. Okay. All right. But here, let's do this. Um, um, how do we usually close the show? I say, is it that sad time? Michael says, yep. yeah. And, and then said, and then and the theme song plays. And then, well, that's uh, not going to happen. That's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no. I know. And I would pull up the BG song on my Spotify and play it, but uh, I feel like then there would be a cease and desist. We would one hundred percent be presented with a cease and desist from whoever from the owns. only B, from the only BG left on Earth. <laughs> Barry we're gonna, Gibb. We're going to frame that cease and desist. Like, look what we got. We got to see his autograph, or at least his lawyer's you gotta autograph. Stop using my song. <laughs> I hope he talks the way he sings. I've never heard him talk. I don't know. <laughs> but here, let's do this. Baird, um, say goodbye to the folks, and then I'll say goodbye, and then I'll stop recording. All right. Well, uh, peace out, everybody. I hope uh, hope everybody had a good time. This has been Baird. This is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later. <laughs>